Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Chuck DJ Head. West Coast. We got some of the homegrown homies here, man. We were just talking off air. As long as we've supported these cats from, from formerly being known as Futuristics. Yeah. So this is the first time coming to Homegrown Radio, man. Welcome to the show. All right, we got Mike and Keys, man. Producers extraordinaire. What what's up, going what on, up, man? Glad to Young be legends. Here. Money Mike, J. Keys, what's the word? Man, what's up, man? What's going on? We happy to be here with our, you know, brothers. I'm happy that y'all are here, too. Um, I, I want to first and first off, I want to congratulate y'all on a lot of success. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I remember meeting y'all at, at 1500 studio in Inglewood, I think. Mm. And I was like, when y'all was just like, y'all was just like, I don't know what y'all was working on, but I just remember like, man, he, they was giving you props. Like these are young dudes, this and that 1500 and Nip was working on something. I forgot what he was working on, but I remember from then until now to see like, how many young producers look up to y'all? Mm. How much the industry give y'all y'all props? You know what I'm saying? How many plaques y'all got? Like all y'all accolades and shit like that. Just, you know, publicly you want to give y'all flowers. You know what I'm oh, saying? Man, I appreciate, I pre appreciate that, that for real. Now, for the folks that, that do not know, this is, the you know, the, the first introduction for some of the folks right here, man. So wh where was that that journey at? I mean, let's let's talk about the futuristic days and then mm. obviously going into Mike and Keys. So wh where does the story, the journey begin for uh, Mike and Keys? I would say the journey began probably like 2008. Mm -hmm. And I felt like our introduction to like the LA music scene would have to be Scheme. Mm. Yeah. He was the first person to introduce us to everybody in LA. Like people, a lot of people think, you know, we're from LA. Right, but right. Because Which was surprising a, too. We had a studio with Scheme and he introduced us to everybody, you know, the, the up and coming, the new artists in LA. So we was able to meet everybody through them and that was like i feel like the start of our career so where are you guys from for folks that don't know i'm i'm keys i'm i'm originally from sacramento california okay and i'm originally from hammond louisiana but back and forth california louisiana yeah i went to high school in louisiana and now, california how did y'all end up linking up because um like that's a long ass that's a lot of distance yeah. you know what i'm saying were y'all MySpace friends and shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. actually how we met. It was MySpace. Word. Yeah. Because yeah. at the time, people would put their music on MySpace to, like, you know, show what they did. So that's how I found out about Keys, because he had music on his MySpace. So you mm -hmm. reached out to him. Was it because it was it was it beats? Was it raps? Like, what, what made you send that 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 message to Keys? Uh, to, uh, to, yeah, to Keys to say, yo, what's up? Let's link. Let's work. Let's do whatever. Well, I had a friend in college who was, like, always went and searched for, like, producers, mm -hmm. new producers from, like, overseas and, like, all over the place. And he was like, yo, 
I went on this website called rockbattle.com. There's this producer named Jay Keys on there. You should go check his beats out. Wow. Damn. And that's kind of how we met. You were in Louisiana at the I time? Was in, I was going to school in Fresno. Got you. Okay. Got so you. What, was you, what was you doing, Keys? You were just chilling and make, making music and then got a random message from some weirdo? Or like, how, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happened? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I always used to post beats, instrumentals on my MySpace. And I also would um, enter in, like, contests. Like, Rock Wilder had a site called Rock Battle. Shout out to the Rock Wilder. Yeah. So I would always post beats on there and sell beats. I was I was making... Getting your chip. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So so that was cool, just getting the reaction from other people. And they was like, man, your beats is hard. And, you know, that's that's how I met Mike and them. So mm-hmm. we, we actually knew... Mutual people, too, so we had a lot in common. So when he reached way. out to you, did you, you know, you getting your money at that point. Did you say, all right, well, here's the fee? Or, <laughs> or was it like, yeah, let's 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 collab, let's build? Or did, did, he, did he hit you with the fee early on? Yeah, well, I, you know, it was crazy at the time. <laughs> this is funny. He had a manager. So oh, Keith, oh, yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. respond. Hey, man, how last so-and-so? Yeah, his manager was like, who is, who is this? I wasn't running the MySpace, right, right, though. Right. I, that wasn't me. So, but <laughs> sure, we, sure, we, sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> Are you sure it was right. an, his manager? You sure it was? I mean, yeah, it was. You <laughs> oh, met okay. him later yeah. on? Or you met yeah, him later? We, okay. we ended up actually meeting okay, face to face. In, actually, out here in L.A. Got it. And that's kind of like how we started. But wh- wh- whose idea was it to become a team? Um, Well, there was a producer in the group originally. His name is Phonics. And right. Phonics is the original member of the Futuristics. He's the sure. one that introduced us to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, st- beginning stages of LA, like before we met Skeen, you know, right, he right. was the one that was producing for Nipsey. Yeah. Early. So he introduced us to everybody. So we always was like, if you listen to the name, the Futuristics, that's come from because we wanted to be like the stylistics, mm. like a group, like we got to come in different. So that came from Phonics originally. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. So when y'all, so so did did Keys? So okay, so Phonics was the Beyonce, and y'all kicked the Beyonce out. Is what you're saying? Damn! Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. So nah, how did no, it happen? So how did it happen? Nah, to be to be honest with you, I mean, we we were young guys and we was so excited to just be together. We didn't understand no business, gotcha. the music industry, and we still love each other and brothers to this day. But at the time, it didn't work. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that was the best thing we ever did was coming together, and you know, becoming a group. I mean, because that's that's low key how I met you guys. It was yeah. through through producer battles, through producer yeah. showcase. Shout out mm-hmm. to Homegirl KG. Like yeah. I've seen yeah. you guys Day coming one. up, coming up through the the ranks of that. And you know, the thing that I respected about you guys is that while you were making a name for yourselves at the time, you were still putting out that information and helping people out come up. You know, mm-hmm. providing information with other artists and, and other producers and willing to collab. It wasn't like you were better than anybody at the same time. Mm-hmm. Everybody was working together, so you, you got to be saluted with that as well. Nah, sure. Now, so what was the first the first placement? What was the first thing that said, okay, we're solidified, we, we're making some noise as a, as a, as a group? Uh, when we did the 50 Cent song on the Before I Self-Destruct, it came out like 2009. Damn, that's a hell of a start. Mm. That's a hell of a start, 50. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that when that happened, we was like, oh, it's serious now, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we can actually... You know, at that time, 50 Cent was the highest, or you know, level of rap Hell music yeah. at that time. So in our mind, we was like, if we working with 50 Cent, we should be able to work with anybody. Right, right. Now, Keys, you said you was you was just making beats and, and selling them online or whatever mm-hmm. you could do, right? Was it always your intention to, to like, 
do that kind of shit, like do that level of business as far as being working with somebody like 50 Cent or you just, because it seemed like you was getting money and you was content. I actually wasn't content. I, w- I wanted to come to L.A. and and work because I know, you know, this is the entertainment capital of the world. So I know I got to build with people and, you know, talk. And I can't just, you know, just sit at the house and make beats all day. I can't do that. So so Mike was like, you should come out to to San Diego. He was in in Dago in, in 2009. I, I actually met Phonics first. Gotcha. He introduced me to Lorenz from 1500 and Mars. So... When when I did that, I was like, yeah, I got to come to L.A. because this is where everything's at. So you kind of, so that's interesting because Mike said he was back and forth from Louisiana. You just kind of packed your shit and moved out here? So I went to, I moved, when I when I dropped out of college, I moved, my roommate was from San Diego. So I moved to San Diego. And that's like how we kind of started the, the camaraderie, you know, as a group. And so I called Keys one day and I was like, bro, what are you doing? He was like, I'm just at my mom's house making music. I said, you should move to San Diego for temporary, and then we're going to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. And that's how we started the whole... So you moved with... to San Diego? Yeah. yeah left. And yeah. didn't come back. Didn't go wait, back to wait, San Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> how do you just move to San Diego? Like, you was making money enough to where you was can, you can do that? Or I mean, like... I only had like $800 in my pocket. <laughs> so I, I just took a leap of faith and was just like, I told I'm going to make it happen. I was like, you just... I literally told Keys, I remember this day, I was like, man, I don't really can't tell you where what's going to happen, but just know that I got a place for you to stay and we're going to be able to eat. And if you can do that, then, you know, and I remember Keys leaving at 5 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Was this prior to the 50 cent placement? Or after this was before. Yeah, this is so before. So when fast forward to that, you like, see, nigga, I told you. Right? Yeah. This is the first step. It's working. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned you mentioned scheme, man. Uh, you know, obviously there, we'll, we'll, and we'll get into the different collaborations of people that you work with. But one thing that I did notice um, was that the first artist that you guys kind of worked in with multiple tracks on a particular project, or was that like, at, why, why was scheme the, the great introduction between you guys in L.A. and you know working like that? Well, our old manager. Angelo Sanders, he worked at Aftermath and for Dr. Dre. He was the person that really introduced us to all the new artists. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yo, I like Scheme. He was naming all the new artists in L.A. that he felt had potential, and Scheme was one of them. So we ended up getting a studio with Scheme, and that's kind of how the energy started. Gotcha. So <laughs> it was, as far as, like, helping create that body of work, was it just, hey, let's cook up, let's collab, or was it like, yo, we'll help you with your project? Like, was that, like, kind of help that that construction as far as schemes uh, projects at the time? Well, we worked on uh, the statement mm-hmm. was uh, schemes' first mixtape yeah. slash project. So, um, like like he mentioned, Angelo Sanders, he A&R'd that. Got it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he, he was our manager, so. It just was plug and play. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And when you finally, now I want to fast forward to when I met you guys uh, working, you were, you guys were already pretty much working with 1500 at that point. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, how did, did you guys, because <laughs> there was a third member, when did that, when did that happen? And then how, how far, like, how far was the time period when you decided to change your name? We changed our name in, I want to say 2014, right? Yeah, twenty. We, yeah, we changed our name in twenty fourteen, and you're saying as far as like, like you, when you we had started, a, it was three of y'all. Yeah, and I, then, actually no, it was seven of us. 
Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was. It <laughs> see, was, I didn't it, know that. Yeah. <laughs> see, originally when we moved to LA, we wanted to be like fifteen hundred. Gotcha. It was a group. Yeah. So you needed all so these instruments. So in our mind, we like, man, we gonna be a group. Same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was, that was us kind of showing love like to 1500 yeah. like we this is a movement that i we never seen before we want to be like that mm -hmm. so that's uh, that was our thought process in that and then you know in a group you know in any group it everybody has their um opinions and ideas and it just ended up being me and keys but everybody all of us still a family right right so so when so so then after you it just became y'all two you guys changed the name immediately or was that a thought conversation like now, the reason we changed our name is because of legal issues. There was another group called the Futuristics, oh but they spelled it with a C, and we spelled ours with a K. Gosh. But <laughs> a lot of people spelled it with a C, right? Yeah. So it confused people when it was time to work with us. Got it. So yeah. they didn't know who they was working with. Who I write this check out to? Like, yeah. well, no, no, let's the K. Yeah. And that was a hard thing for us to do. Changing our name was probably the hardest thing we have, you know, have to do because. Once you've established something that people know you as, yeah. and then, you know, working and starting, it was like literally starting over, but we had to do it. What was the biggest lesson that you learned within that, though, that, that press and reset? That we could start over. Mm -hmm. Like, that it's 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 in us, yeah. you know? like that confidence. Yeah, the con because starting over as a producer is a difficult thing to do because people, you know, it's a name game. Mm -hmm. So changing your name, our, we, we went through like a good two, three year period of time where people didn't know that we was the futuristics, mm -hmm. but they, you know, they're like, they have a feeling, but they don't know. Right. So once we started working with Nip, that I think that changed. Got it, got it. Yeah. Do you, now, when you, who decided on Mike and Keys? I mean, everybody kind of organically called us that. Like, yeah. Nip. T Fly, everybody was calling this Mike and Keys when when we were the futuristics. So right. Yeah. So we was just like, it's it's natural. That so it yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. I have a question. Now this is gonna be and I mean you guys <laughs> can answer individually, okay? And I'll start with you, Keys, because the actual number and the time frame is 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 like folklore out here in these streets. Mm -hmm. How long was Victory Lap in the works? Man, I feel I feel like ever since we first started working with Nip, we what was year? Doing How many years? What that year? Was, Nip had was talking about Victory Lap before we even worked on Crenshaw. Yeah, so right. that had to have been like 2012, 2011. Because I remember he was doing commercials, like the albums coming yeah, out right, and stuff. Right. So that had to, I would say since like 2011. 2011. Yeah, wow. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you hear all these numbers like, "Oh, Victory Lab been in the works for ten years." Victory, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But y'all was there, so yeah, that was that was the that was a difficult thing for us because people was like, "What is y'all doing?" Mm. You know, it made it look like we wasn't working. You know, nip. You know, because when when we was working with him, we didn't understand what he was trying to do mm. at first. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Until we got to the the end period right, of it. Right. But at first we like, like, are you just, you know, but <laughs> right. now and, and head no, he used to be at the studio with us. Like Facts. when we understood stood nip, it, we understood that he had a plan for everything and he was mm -hmm. trying to follow with the plan. We just didn't know the plan. Yeah. Now, yeah. At what point do you understand that though? Like, because that that's a long process to be working with somebody. Obviously 
you know, he has some stature, you know, he's making moves, dropping projects, and you guys are there helping, you know, facilitate the sound. But for you, when 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 would you like, okay, we're all in, we dropping everything and really like honing in on this? When we got a studio together. Got it. Because we had a studio with Nip in what year? Um 2014 14, to okay. 2017. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you have a studio with somebody, that's like living with them. Mm-hmm. That's your, you know, it's your roommate. Right. So we learned a lot about Nip and from him working with music. So we just made a lot of adjustments working with him just because we was there. So we used to, you know, do little tricks and trades. You know, part of being a producer is you got to be a mastermind on tricking the artists to do certain things. Facts. So we had to learn that as we go. Give give me an example. Like, because most people don't know the ins and outs of stuff like that. But, like, what's one of those things where you had to kind of, like, I'll give you an example. Yeah. You know, we already had a relationship with you guys and Head, and I remember bringing Head to Nip. I'm like, look, Nip, Head has an opinion about the music, and he's kind of right. Yeah. But you should listen to him out. Yeah. And at first, you know, he was fighting the energy. And then once he seen that Head was 100% serious, he listened. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that changed because for I feel like to be a great artist, you have to be a li- you have to be able to listen. Sure. And that was the change mm-hmm. for that. You know what I'm saying? Because he had a plan, and then I remember us playing the music for Head, and he was like, mm, "You're missing something." Mm-hmm. And we all sat back, mind you, we ain't even at mixing or nothing yet. Right. These are just like the songs on the list, and the song our biggest song from the album is the song that we was missing. That's the last time that I checked. You know what I'm saying? So that that's part of the the producer thing is like, hey, Nip. Listen. Listen, hear head out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is not going to be your regular person giving his opinion. This is going to be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to know what that was like from y'all perspective. We never talked about it afterwards. But because I know I always made things weird. Or not weird, but I definitely shook it up a little bit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? During them, during them sessions. But I always wanted to know from y'all perspective, was it annoying? Because I would come in the studio. I mean, you guys always welcomed me, yeah. right? It was yeah, always yeah. it was always love. But I know <laughs> for a fact, because I seen Bino in there when I would come oh, yeah, in there. Yeah. Roddy yeah. was in there. Casey be in there. Mm-hmm. And it was like a community effort. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I know when I come in the studio, it's like, oh, here he come. <laughs> here he come with all this honesty. But from y'all perspective as a producer, y'all, and, and, and I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember... Um, Nip saying something to the degree that y'all, between y'all and, and 15, got to touch everything on the album. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. correct, yeah, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. So being a, like, I would say executive producers at that point mm-hmm. of, 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 of Nip's debut and his, his last album, was it, what was y'all perspective on some, I don't want to say an outsider, but somebody who don't really, I'm not a part, I didn't grow from Crenshaw mm-hmm. to this, to this, to this with y'all on the production side, but what was that like for y'all to just, to be able to take a back seat to some, like me bringing my opinion in, it's like, hey, this is what I think. This is how I think you should move. This is what I think y'all should be. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta make this nigga do this shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you need that. You need somebody from the outside mm-hmm. to give their opinion because they're not inside with you. So they're. Like you, you're on radio all the time, so you have a different ear. Right. Mm-hmm. You need that mm-hmm. ear if you're making an album. Mm-hmm. You need somebody from the outside to to give their opinion. 
And you can't, you got to have strong skin in being great. So there's going to be times people say things that you're going to like and you're not going to like, but the truth is the truth. So we never took it. That's why I was telling you, we never took it no way. We looked looked at it as, oh, you want us to be great. So it actually, th- that's one of the most licensed songs that mm. we produce. <clears throat> so it it worked. It worked yeah. So, yeah, it, it, we never took it in no way. That's why I wanted Head to talk to Nip because I felt like at that time, you know, when you're creating, you're so stuck in what you hear that you don't hear an outside opinion. And we were at a point to where we was like, we going to do it like this. And I think that's the best. That was the best advice that we got because that was the ending of the album. Now, four, we're four years, or what, you know, four years from the album dropping. At the time, I know what our reactions were, right? Especially within the city. We, we, we thought about it. But while creating it, right, before the masses heard it, did you guys know it was a classic? I mean, we, yeah. 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 While we was making it, you just know because it feel, yeah, the energy. And we put so much work and effort into it. We just knew, it, you know, when when you know you you have a classic, it doesn't just happen immediately. Like, mm-hmm. it takes time for people to even catch on to what that is. Right, right. Like, it's a, it's a feeling, you know what I mean? So, what about yeah. the other? What about the other projects from, like, Crenshaw and, like, like, just uh, all the pro- projects that led up to that, did it have a similar energy or was it, it was it different? Was it? I'd say the closest energy we had to that was Slauson Boy 2. Yeah. Because at that time, we, Nip didn't really have no music out between like 2014 to like 2016. Mm-hmm. So like I said, people was looking at us like, what y'all doing? Yeah. yeah. So that's why we went through a stage where we dropped the song every Monday and Marathon Monday. Got you. Because that was a, that was a, basically like we're practicing. Do people like these songs? Yeah. Do mm-hmm. they not? Mm-hmm. We didn't know. We That was like the, I, I call it the appetizer before the album. Got it. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned um, an artist has to be a good listener, but I would imagine that a producer has to be good Producers have to be good listeners as well. When has it been flipped? And it doesn't have to, it could be Nip, it could be another artist that you worked with where they told you, like, yo, trust me with this. Listen, this is what I want, whether it's sonically or trying a different tempo, melody, whatever, where you guys are like, okay, I listened and actually it worked. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like a marriage, low key. Like, you just you just gotta listen to each other because you guys are both creating. So you have to. I don't know. You just gotta listen to each other, and cause y- y'all both. What What about between you guys? As far as what's that? Is there a compromise where you're like, okay, no, I listen to me with this. I I got you. This This makes the most sense. Or how does that work between you guys as a duo? I mean, I'm more the vocal person, but I understand the energy. Yeah. So if I know Keys is in a in a in a a mode of create a, a, a crazy creativity. I'm not going to bother him. Leave him alone. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Let, I just, keys, I understand keys. that. And then Keys knows, like, if he made something, he'll be like, hey, Mike, he'll call me and be like, I think you can, you know, do something. Because my job to me is to get the artist to do the song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's our dynamics. We we can make music equally. Got it. But as a team, my job is to make sure we get a song out of the artist. Right, right. Because right. we can play a thousand beats and do all that, but if you don't get no song, it's what are we, it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah, I, I couldn't get Nip to rap. It was like impossible. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Say check. 
Say check. Last time I don't I- know because it's like <clears throat> I don't know. Like I like there was times where I would play him the beats, but it's just like me playing the beat. He he takes it different from when Mike plays it. When Mike plays it, it's just. It's because we spent more, I spent way more time, like Nip would pick me up every day from my house before we go to the studio. Word. So we spent a lot of time together. So, and we're both Leos. Got it. it so I, I started understanding him. So like I said, part of it is we used to have to trick him mm-hmm. to do little certain things to make it work. So we'll give you an example, like Sucker Proof, mm-hmm. that song, like Keys was starting the beat and I heard him and I stopped him. And I made Nip come in the room, and I was like, man, I like, I tricked him. I'm like, man, you're not a real gangster if you don't rap on this. <laughs> you know? And then he was like, like, you know, what do you mean I'm not a real gangster? And what? If you listen to the lyrics, he's, he's, going, off. he's yeah. going off. Yeah. And he's basically talking shit to us, like, you know, what do you mean? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I That's love good. That. That's yeah. really good. Jeez, I man. like that. Is there anybody else that you, that, any other artists that you've had to use psychology on? I mean... Pretty much all the artists. All of them. I feel like all the artists, because... Dom for sure. Dom. Dom for sure. Oh, my God. Like, I, man. Shout the dope. It's Dom. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucking Dom <laughs> Kennedy. Yeah, nah. Um, it's like a... Like I said, we, you just got to know when to attack the situation. Got it. And Dom's a Leo, too. Mm-hmm. So I got to know when to, like, say... When it makes sense and then when it don't make sense. Because he's a very opinionated person. Yeah, very. Right? So you got to know how to move. But for us, we've been around him so long. You can do it. We, we've kind of, we've, we're finally at a point to where we've adjusted to each other. And Dom is mm-hmm. like, I really trust you guys. We've spent so much time together. So oh. what's, what's funny is that oh, I, I'm glad you're not giving it, it like the, the jewels away. Because he might be watching this and he's like, oh, okay, yeah. that's the trick right yeah. there. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I can do that next time. Yeah. No, I was gonna ask you about uh, speaking of Dom. I was I I gotta ask you about fuck. Um, what's the name of the song? I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, designer? No, with Dom and Belly. Oh, uh, uh, you talking about um, double, up. Double, double up? Double up, wow. bro. So dub, I can't believe I drew a blank on that. Double up. I used to hear stories about that song being played on repeat in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about for hours. Yeah, yeah. Is that that's true? That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. Uh, that was one of them songs. That song wasn't even supposed to make the album. Word. Like, Nip had cut it off at the last minute. Like, yeah, this is not going on there. We was like, what? No what? Way. Yeah. For real? What was his yeah. thought process behind that? Well, you know, with sampling clearance, there was a, sam- a little sample in there. <laughs> it was like a Mary J. Blige sample in there, and we found out at the last minute it Damn. turned in the album. So, you know... He didn't want no hiccups. So he's like, well, it's not on there. Right, right. We was like, nah, like this is a very important song. So it's funny you say that, like how you play it a million times and then you don't put it on the album. Yeah, We're yeah. like, nah, this has to go on the album. Right. Mm-hmm. So you 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 guys didn't know it was a sample on there? I mean, we did that was that was one of the beats we didn't make. Oh, okay. But, okay. Got it, got it, got but we produced the record. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? We was a part of making sure the record got finished. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we knew it was a Mary J. Blige sample in there. Mm-hmm. So when those things happen, either you fix it yeah. and change it, or it doesn't go on the album. Pull it. So that's where yeah, that psychology that, trick comes yeah, in. Yeah, that goes, like, no, so it's like, man, like, that one had to stay on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's y'all favorite song on the album, on Victory Lap? I like Loaded Bases. Why? Just because... 
you know, CeeLo Green is one of my favorite artists. Word. You, know, you don't hear that too often. Yeah. <laughs> like that whole Dungeon Family oh, yeah. camp. That was I, I grew up listening pull to Pull the that. mic out of your face. Pull it down. Pull it. No, no, just pull the mic down. Just pull it straight down. Just pull it. Just pull the mic down. There you go. Oh yeah. But yeah, CeeLo Green is on there. So I was like, yeah, this this is fire. Special line. CeeLo, you don't hear. See, Nip, nobody ever talks about how dope CeeLo is. But Nip always was like, I'm getting CeeLo on my album. Are you serious? Yeah. He was like, CeeLo and um, Stacey Barth was like the two wow. people I always heard. Really? Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. That's so, like, you got to have a keen knowledge of, like, music and Sonic to really understand that type of shit. Yeah. Now, I'm curious to know, you know, in, in your catalogs throughout... You know, obviously the history you guys been doing this. Who's passed up on a beat, right? Passed up on, on maybe something that you've made and somebody else made it, whether, whether it was hot, not hot, whatever. It was like somebody passed up on a beat and heard it on somebody else's shit. Has that ever happened to you guys? Because you guys work closely with people, so I don't know if you guys shop your beats like that where it even yeah. came across that way. That, I think that's happened multiple times. Yeah. I just can't remember. Off top. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and it's like, it's it's... When an artist wants the record, they're going to show you they want it. Mm. So that's how we kind of just go by everything, you know? like Because music is a is an energy thing. So, you know, one day they might be excited to do music, and the next day they might be like, I don't feel like doing music yeah, today. Yeah. Yeah. So, damn. No, because I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. It's like, yo, you maybe you had a beat pack for somebody. You play something, and they're like, no, nah, I'm cool on that one. I want another one. And then they hear some shit that was on Victory. Like, they're like, Oh, that that always the artists mm. always pass up on like I said it's a timing thing mm. and we had to learn that too because mm. there was a lot of music that we you know give artists that they might had it on their hard drive for years right. and then they might have been inspired you know to get on the song. Um, okay, look, we we can spend a long time talking about Victory Lab because that obviously is a classic and you guys had so much to do with it. But I do want to talk about. Um, uh, Midnight Mirage, Volume One, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Mike and Keys are now stepping into the forefront. You guys got this instrumental album that's phenomenal, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I saw you guys press and play on it. And I I told you, Michael, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, if I was still DJing it for the DJs out there, this is a hack. It's it's great for like wedding music, like mm-hmm. that. It's it's a it's just a different vibe. Like mm-hmm. so, think about wedding reception before the ceremony type thing. But you got slaps on there. It's 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 a lot of things. So let's talk about. Uh, Midnight Mirage, Volume One. What what encouraged you guys to say, let's do an instrumental album now for the people to hear? Well, it's funny you ask about artists passing up on beats. Wow. <laughs> that this album is basically, you know, a lot of those beats passed artists up. had those beats. Wow. So you know, that was just us showcasing, you know, our our musicianship as you know producers. You know, it's so much beat making we wanted to show that we can produce pick up instruments like a lot of those beats are us playing the instruments live really? yeah and okay. everything and learning you know trying to just um get better mm-hmm. so we the the we wanted to do the instrumental album to just you know everything don't need words mm-hmm. sometimes you just need music right you know so i think it was just a good thing for us and all those beats a lot of those artists 
are going to go back and see them beats and they like, damn. Email, text message. Now, can they go back now that the album's out? Like, yeah, you know what, that Roy Ayers, man, let me go on and get that. Or, you know what I'm saying, the different, you know, obviously the tracks that you have on there, are they still up for grabs or it's, it's a no-go at this point? I mean, you got to get it clear now. Yeah. Right price. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Jeez, man. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, now, now, hey, to yesterday's price, price ain't today's yes. price. It's not today's price. What's the what's the what's the um most surprising thing that's ha- like the most surprising person that's tapped in with y'all? Like you didn't even you wasn't like that kind of threw you off. Like damn, they know who I are we who we are or they they hit up for a session or for a pack. Mm. Well, recently, mint condition. What mint Recent, condition? Yeah, which is crazy because that's like you know we really grew up on mint condition as kids, so. That was that was crazy on some, you know, you know, back in the day in music credits was everything. Right. So to I know everybody and what they did. So to see that is kind of like on a music standpoint, yeah. not even, you know, that that means like we're working on them, like we're getting to the level of being respected on a musical level. For so sure. I, I felt like that was real cool. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I would want to say Dr. Dre. Oh, yeah. Word. I mean, yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say that, but you know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's big. He, he actually came to the studio when we, um, like around the same time we was doing Crenshaw and all that. He had came to the studio and, Man, you know, showed yeah. love. Damn. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that was the, yeah. I, for, I always forget. That Did you I, freak out? Low key, yeah. You was I, able to compo- compo- compose. Cause, Cause I was making a beat and they was telling me like, "Yo, Dr. Dre about to pull up." I'm like, no, "Yeah, right, nah, y'all, whatever. y'all tripping." Right. <laughs> but he ended up pulling up and I was just like, "Oh shit, yo, this is really happening." <laughs> yeah. like, this is crazy. Yeah. He's over there with the mouth. I'm glad I yeah, left Sacramento for this shit. Let me go and hit the the Pro Tools real quick. <laughs> Damn though. So, I mean, but you able to co- to hold your composure in those big moments like that, and obviously deliver and show you know show people what you got, man. And it's that, that's a that's an amazing thing that. Obviously helps out with the confidence, but shows like, yo, we're here to stay. You know, mm-hmm. is there anybody that 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 you haven't gotten a chance to work with that y'all is on the bucket list? Probably Drake. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you know. Now, are you? Do you want to? Are you cool with sending him the email, or do you want to get in there? I mean, an artist like that, it don't matter. You just, just gotta go. <laughs> you just gotta <laughs> give him the hey, music. Yeah, He's so good, he gonna figure it out. He'll figure it out. So you don't got to trick Drake. Nah, you ain't got to trick Drake. (laughs) Now, Yellow Minds. Yellow, so Yellow, that one reminds me of Quick's Groove. Mm -hmm. It reminds, if it's, like, I'm a big DJ Quick fan. What is is Quick's? He's uh, a DJ Quick stan. Yeah. I don't say stan. I'm a a fan. I I respect Quick or whatever. So, but I just, I I hear, what's your influence? Uh, Has Quick influenced you guys growing up? And and do you hear that when you hear Yellow as well? Was that something that kind of in the back of your mind? Or just like, oh, no, I never even thought about it like that. Well, you remember when y'all used to come to our studio, we had a studio with DJ Quick. Yeah. You know, DJ Quick and that's T Fly. Right, so right. that was Wow. You know, that's he's one of our senseis in the music wow. game, wow. you know, as a producer. So he taught me and Keys so much in that year span that I can't even explain. You know, it's it's priceless. Yeah. To be with DJ Quick every day and him seeing us work like there would be times he'll see us. Like, I remember one time we was in a studio working with Jeremiah. Wow. And he seen that the mic wasn't set up and everything wasn't set up. And he sat us down and he was like, look, if you guys want to be great, first of all, you got to have your mic placed correctly. Mm-hmm. 
just simple things like that. He'll get and you on the decibels and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zero point five. Yeah. yeah, he's real knowledgeable when it comes yeah, to all that. For sure, for sure, and I, sure. he showed us that he cared a lot. And you know, at that time when we had a studio with Quick, we were doing Casey Veggie's Life Changes, Crenshaw, and Get Home Safely all at the same time. Wow! Damn! All we did all that at one time. I'm always curious about when you have multiple projects like that, how do you, I don't, uh, maybe, maybe my mind just doesn't go there, but how do you work on different projects at one point and, and not, uh, I guess. I'll be using be, the same drums. Yeah, it's like, how, <laughs> how do you mix it up or make it sound like too similar? Like, uh, what's the thought process behind giving the, the, the equal amount of attention to each project? That's, that's a tough question. I mean, we just go off of feeling mm-hmm. pretty much like, Whatever feels good, we just follow that. We just follow what we feel and then try to emulate what we feel into the music. Mm-hmm. And we try to never do the same thing twice. Got it. So when Head was like, use the same drums, we've no. never used the same really nothing in none of our music. It's always a new Do y'all wanna dive into that? I don't know. I don't wanna give away y'all sauce about the about the how y'all play y'all shit and Y'all want to talk about that? <laughs> no, we, we can bypass that. That's our song. All right, I'm, 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 like, I'm gonna leave that alone because I get a recipe. No, nah, I'm just saying that it's very impressive. When I when I fit when 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 that was explained to me, like the method, I'm like, that's genius. Well, I mean, really, par, I mean, part of our method is is real simple. I mean, that's how we became close with 1500. You know, they're one of the best musicians in the world. Mm-hmm. So our whole theory was like, instead of sampling off of a record. We'll sample 1500. They're based, they're equal to the record. So that was, when he's saying the secret, that was really like our start of creating a sound. The sample themselves. Yeah. So, you know, we'll take a rehearsal that 1500 did and sample that. Once we start getting placements, we like, oh, it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's like our creative process. Mm-hmm. How do you name beats? I, that, that's a weird. <laughs> that's a, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Why, I'm gonna tell you why because uh, back in the day, I, I was not that I was not good at all. I used to produce, but I used mm-hmm. to I used to hate naming beats. How do you guys figure out what I'm gonna name this beat? I mean, I, when we make beats, we watch movies and mm-hmm. watch sports, mm-hmm. so like we kind of just name it off that. Like I don't know, like the the beat three points off the yeah off the album. I was watching basketball. <laughs> so, I was, yeah, so I was that's just like, that's the first point, yeah. thing that came into mind. Like, and, I'm going to name it Three Points. And usually the artists usually use the title of that, of the, the name of the beat, which is crazy all the time because, you know, when you're making a, 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 a beat, usually, I know for me, whatever comes to my head, that's what I... That's what I save it as. Gotcha. So if it's Snickers bar, it's I'm going to write bar. Snickers bar. Yeah. And save it. And that's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Damn. Yeah. That's so, so we'll never name something twice. We try not to never name something twice. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Do you, off top, do you remember just something that's a well-known beat, right? That What's the what's the name of the beat? Let's just, for last time that I checked, right? Yeah. What was the name of the beat? Last time that I checked, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you serious? How, so- yeah, because that w- that song was just a hook when we did that. So mm-hmm. it was it was just a hook. It wasn't no title or nothing. We just that we just called it that. So now whose that- idea was it to call it that though? Like, 
Man, you, that's what I'm saying. You, Where do you, you draw know, you know the with name? the songs, you they, they, they always get changed with songs. Got it. With the song title, you know, because usually the artist usually whatever the first thing that comes to their head for that song, that's what they'll name it. The title. Got it. Got it. What was the name of rap niggas? Um, the beat. The beat. Rap niggas version twelve. Or so something. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You have a beat that you so. What makes you say I'm gonna name this beat rap niggas? Like take me <laughs> because, to that. Because we did so many versions of that beat. That that's why. But the original nah, rap. What's the original rap? I don't even know what okay. the original. What I don't even. I couldn't tell you. I know it was called something else. Snigger bar. That's what it was. Snigger bar. <laughs> yeah. Snigger bar. The rap niggas. Uh, now, okay, one, one, I got another Victory Lab question because we just had Buddy on. Mm -hmm. And he was telling us that st uh, Status Symbol 3, he did a great impression of you, by the way. Oh, he did, yeah, he nailed his mic impression. <laughs> he, said, he, told, he said the moment that you called him and said, you made the album, bro. But he said Status Symbol 3 was originally his song. Every song that he does always thinks it's his song. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be honest, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was our song. Really? Yes. Okay. And really? Yes, and... Fact buddy, check. Buddy always comes in, buddy, and just you know does some random stuff, go to sleep and leave. Uh -huh. So in this point, that's what he did. So he didn't hear the record. So you know we got a studio with Nipsey. Yeah. So that morning, that's the first thing I do when I put, I wake up, I play that song. So it was like I called Buddy, like yeah, it's over. Nip yeah. is already like this is my song. Congratulations, he already bro. labeled it status symbol oh, three. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Yo, he said you could you called him congrats. You made the album, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's my song. Yeah. That's my song. That's crazy. Now, um That's another last one on and then we'll mm -hmm. move on. But um uh dedication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was that's obviously a fan favorite. You know, um I'm not even gonna give it the credit to 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 K, to K Dot, but that's a huge record, like dedication. That was that song always like I don't, I don't, I've heard different stories. Was that song always intended in, intended for Kendrick on the feature, or was it Jay Z? No, or no, uh -uh. nobody, nobody. There wasn't even that song wasn't even supposed to be on the album. Really, we made yes. that last minute. That, that was yeah, the that last got minute. made last minute. Really? Yeah, because Nip did like four. There's like four verses to dedication. Okay. Really? Yeah. So he rearranged the verses, and then when Kendrick rapped on it, he did a new verse. So Nip did his verse after Kendrick did his. I think Nip only had one verse. Mm. Yeah. And then Kendrick did it. Then he finished it. Same thing with last time that I checked. Yeah. I heard Rance say that that he used Jedi Mind Trip. Yeah. That he said he let Nip hear uh, Kate out on there or say, or say, "Yo, you gotta you gotta deliver with this one because Kendrick's on there." And then obviously you said he just you know gave, gave another. Yeah, verse he to went it. back. He had to go because wow. he's like, "Oh, this is serious." And the funny thing about that record is. Nip had gave Kendrick keys. keys oh, to the keys city. To the Nipsey city, yeah. had gave Kendrick keys to the city. Really, we went behind his back <laughs> and sent Kendrick Axel Foley, who you know produced a lot yeah. of songs yeah, with yeah, Kendrick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We was all in the studio one day and we was pressing him like, "Man, send him the record. Like, just text it to him. Like, yeah. what is he gonna tell you?" Yeah. And I remember Kendrick text back and was like, "New Nip question mark." That's all he said. Wow. Yeah. And then we got the verse. True story. Uh, that's crazy. See, now that's some shit that nobody know. <laughs> that's big. Is there is there is there anything like what's the fondest memories that you have uh on, on the come up? Not necessarily once you 
establishing new and fucking men, or new or what'd you say? Somebody's like different people that you respect are tapping in with y'all, right? Mm -hmm. But on the come up, some of my best memories is when I was broke. Yeah. And like we was like, you know, struggling a little bit. Like a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of bit. A lot of bit. Yeah. You know, struggling a lot, a lot of, of bit. bit. As far as production wise, what's because I remember we had Nip on the show. That's why I'm asking you this. We had Nip on the show, and he's talking about how Jay Stone used to record him. They had a sock over the mic, mm -hmm. some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. there what, what's what's a memory that y'all got where y'all had to rig up some equipment? Perhaps you know maybe maybe you know take something that didn't belong to you to produce. I you mean, know anything like that? Get home. Oh, safely. why you look at Keith? Yeah, get home. Keith, nah, I, was, I was I was about to tell this story real quick. You go, know, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. We we had a like Mike said we had a studio with DJ Quick right. So he you was, stole some shit from DJ. Quinn. No, 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 no. Never. We did. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying he he would bring like Elder Barge through, and and you know different artists like mm -hmm. legend, legends, legends, legends. Yeah. So I remember this one time I was making a beat in our room. We didn't have no mic. We didn't have nothing. Elder Barge is like, yo, I like that beat, man. Uh, can I record? I I had to tell him tell him like. Nah, I don't I have no mic. Don't this don't is no this, this yeah. is Elder You, you yeah. fucked that up? Yeah. Cause we didn't have no like it was grind yeah. season. Yeah. Like <laughs> we didn't have no <laughs> I'm unhooking some so shit. So what happened? Yeah. Studio. He didn't record. <laughs> and you know you know what? And that was the first time that really happened. We used to have a studio with Be Real and Exhibit. Man. Wow. Corrupt. This was the first lesson. In production 101, Corrupt came to the studio. Mind you, we, come on, we love, anything West Coast music, right. we love it. Yeah. Right. So Corrupt going to the studio. You know, in our mind, we, we're young. We're thinking, oh, he wants to listen to some beats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nah. He was like, load it up. Where's load it up. He said, where's the mic? Where's the wow. mic? And guess what? We didn't have no mic. You yeah. didn't know nothing. And guess we, what? Yeah, and so ready. from that day on, said I, I remember did. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I'm like, man, we're not producers. We didn't record him. So it doesn't matter if you have the tight beat. If you can't get the song, get it doesn't matter. And one thing about artists, once they're in the vibe, you got to get it oh. immediately. If you yeah. don't get it immediately, you will never get it back. You can't say come yeah. back next week. No, that's nah, right. No, no, that ain't happening. So it happened with, with Corrupt and Elder Barge? Yeah. yeah. Corrupt happened early in our career. Oh, so how would you feel? <laughs> when, did this, when did it happen again? <laughs> Elder Barge, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> but, you know, we was broke. Right, we didn't right, have right, no money. I mean, right. at, a t you know, at, at the time, we was borrowing equipment yeah. from our friends to make it happen. Like, th this is document. There's a video of us working on Get Home Safely with Dom with, you know, nothing. Mm. Not even a couch, barely a couch Damn. in there, but we made it happen because mm. we love the music. Production question for you, then we'll wrap up. Um, for all the young producers that's coming up, any advice, one, and then two, do y'all have a problem with loops? I'll start with the advice first. Um, you know, uh, just just continue to be yourself. And, you know, the music comes first. All that other stuff is just for the birds. Just work on your craft first. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. And then you said with the loops? Dude, yeah, how do y'all feel mean, about loops? I mean, music, loops is, to me, is sampling. So, I mean, however the music gets done, I don't think people care as long as it sounds good. Facts. So at the end of the day, whatever... 
your ingredients is to create the music, if it's a loop, if it's if you know how to play, everybody's the way they do it is different. You know what I'm saying? We that's why we collab with certain people because they can do stuff that we can't do. And that's, you know, but I loops is part of the creation. So I can never I think the the business part of it is tricky to people, but the creation part is never tricky. I, I believe I asked you this when we did the producer. Um, shout out to Ali. We were out mm-hmm. there with with uh, the uh, you know um, where we was at. Uh, oh, uh, um, the Nam, the Nam, 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 yeah, Nam, Nam show. Yeah. But how would you describe Mike and Keys' sound? Like, what's the sound for Mike and Keys? Um, I would say you know we we from the West Coast, so I would say it's a West Coast sound. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we're inspired by, you know, like you said, DJ Quick and Dre and all those guys. So um, it's it's just the, the the futuristic sound of like we're we're those babies. Mm-hmm. So we're we're just trying to bring that back, that energy back. Oh, another thing. Sorry, because y'all got accolades, too. When what? How does it What Did y'all know you were going to be like nominated for Grammys and awards and shit like that? Is Or did like how did that feel the first one, the first time? The first one was dope because you don't expect nothing like that. You know, you just work. Like, you don't really pay attention until it happens. But it was definitely a great feeling um, to be nominated and be recognized, you know, for quality music. Right. Because when I think of the Grammys, it's just, it's like the highest of accolades for music. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, you don't, you don't prepare it. You don't. Think about it. You just make music until something happens. Do you have a favorite song off the album that people can obviously check out right now? Uh, Midnight Mirage, Volume 1. And what we begin Volume 2, 3, 4, 5? Is like, are you guys doing this as a series so people can, can obviously hear the, the production? For sure. Yeah, we we starting on Volume 2. Already. And already, yeah. Jeez. So rappers, if you pass up on some beats, just know Volume 2. And don't wait till it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> or you can and just pay the price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's too. We're we not Why mad not? at that. At all. <laughs> all right. So, look, before we let y'all go, we got the homegrown head scratcher. Why you got to look at him like that? Yeah. <laughs> <Yo, laughs> you got to give him that. So, just so you know, we have, so these are elementary school test questions, okay? Mainly, mainly fifth grade. And what we do is <laughs> we have our listeners. They call up and they guess whether you got the, the answer right or wrong, and they win tickets. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't know the answer, take your time, think about it, and guess. Okay? Okay. All right, who want to go first? I'll go first. All right, Mike. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, first question from Mike of Mike and Keys. How many bones does a giraffe have in its neck? <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a wild, that's a wild that's a, question. I was just gonna say two. I don't know. That's wrong. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. know. How many bones? Seven. Seven. Oh, Which geez. is the same amount as a human. Oh. All right, keys. You up? You ready? Mm-hmm. You got me over here counting my neck. <laughs> All right, keys. How many days does it take for the moon to orbit the earth? 
many days. <laughs> <laughs> you got this keys. Come on, you got this. Just one, right? Yeah. No, it's a fast ass moon. <laughs> one day? No. How many? <laughs> it's, it's twenty-eight days. I was oh, thinking like thirty. Okay. All right, last one. That's Who wants the last one? Goddamn moon! Shit. Keys, you want the last one or Mike? You want the last one? Keys can have the last one. All right. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you see how fast he, right. he passed the buck? He's that. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was a chess pass too. All right, Keys, you ready? I think so. Yeah. All right. What was the name of the writing system used by the ancient Egyptians? Man, I don't know. You got that. Just so guess. Long. Yes, guess. Hieroglyphics. Boom. That's right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. See? <laughs> yeah. See? It'll take a little bit of confidence. Just a little bit. God damn. Mike and Keys, the, the year can't end without y'all doing what? This can be music-related, life-related, goals, whatever. The, the year can't end uh, without Mike and Keys doing what? Giving back. To the community. Okay. Giving back yeah. to the community. Specifically, what, what do you want to give back? Information about the music industry, about how to just how to how to make it in general. Mm -hmm. okay. Got it. Got it. Because the information definitely, I mean, now that we look back at our career, if we would have had a little bit more information, mm -hmm. we would have definitely made a lot more decisions, you know, mm -hmm. and... The thing that we would tell is that be patient. Be patient. That's that's the number one, yeah. I think, key in I think anything, trying to do anything great. Right. And we that's something we learn obviously doing the victory lap is like just be patient. Mm -hmm. And if it's if you do it correctly and you're honest and it's from your heart, then it shouldn't be it should never be bad. And have a mic. Yeah. And have yeah. a mic yeah, have in the studio. Be ready. Young producer tell you something. Any producer. <laughs> If you're trying to make a name and you're trying to play artist beats because you can't play artist beats from your your room. So if the artist is filling your beats and he ready to record, if you don't have an engineer, you either better know how to record or you're not going to have a song. Word. Mm -hmm. That's that's if I can give you any advice, just know that. Have a mic and be able to be ready to be, record. Have yeah. a mic and be able to record. Yeah. For sure. Man, we appreciate y'all coming on through, man. It's very appreciate informative, you, man. man. I'm glad we got a chance to do this, and I'm so, so glad you guys got this album out for people to actually hear again. Uh, Midnight Mirage, Volume 1, mm -hmm. Mike and Keys, the homegrown homies. Chuck Dizzle, DJ Head. We'll catch y'all next time. Yes.